You're listening to The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. In every episode, we will discuss the topics and trends, the issues and ideas, the challenges and opportunities facing senior business leaders today. This series is one more way we want to engage with our network of industry executives. Thanks for joining us. Hello again, everyone. You're joining us for another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content and Research. My guest today is Andy Alasso. Uh, he's with Azon, and he's an expert in AI, especially as it relates to the pharmaceutical industry. Um, and he, just before we started rolling, mentioned, you know, a lot of companies are closer to it than they think, which I think is a fantastic topic of conversation. It gets me a little bit excited. So, uh, Andy, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. And um, it is true that a lot of companies maybe get scared of the AI term and, and how it may be useful uh, for them. And what we found is a lot of companies that are generating a lot of data are actually quite close to AI and, and putting AI into you know, value for their, for their process improvements. Well, why don't we take a step back just for a second because I think some people when they hear AI they think this is science fiction or it's 10 years down the road or they're thinking it's it's more than it is. What is AI in the context of what we're going to talk about today? So we focus uh, the application of AI exclusively on pharmaceutical uh, manufacturing, life sciences manufacturing. So in that context, it really is a tool um, for allowing our clients and partners to improve the, let's say, process or optimize processes as well as improve quality. Um, and it does that by leveraging the data across a number of different, let's say, typically disparate data sources, combining it into a kind of contextualized apples-to-apples -apples view of, of what's happening either in a process um, or in you know, a, a, uh, a manufacturing line itself. Um, and it derives information that can either predict what's going to happen based on a thorough examination of what's happened in the past, or it can identify um, trends in the data that might indicate a, an intervention is needed to uh, prevent a deviation, as an example. Now, uh, we're talking about, so the industry is a little behind the curve on this, and it's also new technology to a lot of people. What is the current adaption rate? How many companies are currently doing this, and how many companies are moving towards doing this? I think a um, couple, couple points here. One is the industry is highly regulated. So I think there's some... Um, feeling that the regulatory nature of, of pharmaceutical manufacturing is preventing the adoption of this type of technology. Um, and what we're seeing, and, and we're collaborating with a number of the regulators, is that the regulators themselves are not only learning more about it, but seeing where the value can be and allowing for the, the regulatory and compliance aspect to uh, enable technologies such as AI. So the notion that it's a compliance challenge, while that is true, it's also something that can be overcome. Secondly, what I would say is that the uh, adoption rate is high in the context of pilots and POCs. And there's a lot of, uh, uh, especially large pharma out there that have now data science departments or informatics or digitization uh, kind of offices or centers of excellence. So there's a lot of work on the data and how the data can kind of uh, show you know, predictability or show uh, trending that, that can improve quality, um, but, the, but the clients aren't able to get that kind of proof of concept pilot AI modeling, AI, let's say industrialization from that data science laboratory, so to speak, into the production manufacturing plant. Um, 
And I think we, we're trying to leverage not a, the technology not only to allow for the AI to ingest and, and, uh, and take advantage of the data, but also to allow for those models to be industrialized as part of a production manufacturing operation. Fantastic. So I guess that leads to the question, you know, what are some of the barriers or challenges that companies are currently facing as they're saying, we can get this to work in a controlled and limited situation, but you know, we've got the data in our general manufacturing operations and going from here to there is a struggle. Yep, so first, maybe compliance. So I think there's, there's um, you know, steps and procedures and artifacts that can be created to uh, create a compliant AI deployment. So that would be one, one barrier to overcome. And the other is kind of this notion of getting data in real time. Because AI is going to work best, the more data the better. Um, and if you want to do, you know, real predictive uh, AI um, or identify, you know, problems before they happen, then the data has to come in real time. And oftentimes there isn't a mechanism to bring that data in real time into an aggregated format that you can then apply the AI to. And that's really where our technology and our platform allows and enables that capability. Now, I understand you're giving a, a presentation earlier today for an audience of pharmaceutical executives. You know, what were some of the key points that you wanted to share with them? And uh, I, I understand they got, you got some Q&A as well. What were some of the points they were coming to you with uh, for clarification? Yeah, so it, it, uh, compliance was definitely a, I, I would say, concern or of interest to the, to the audience. How can we do this in a compliant way? And then overhead costs, like how do you maintain this? How do you uh, keep it going? It, it's one thing, again, to create you know, a transactional solution in a laboratory, but if you do want to move it into the, into the operational plant, that, that costs money for oversight, for um, you know, constant you know, learning and tweaking. And um, so that was, I thought they were great questions. It basically does describe what a lot of the challenges are and also describes you know, what we at Azon are trying to do within the product. Well, why don't we talk about Azon specifically? I, I understand you guys are a leader in the space and a resource for companies that want to move forward with this. What does getting started with Azon look like? What does what does that early partnership uh, entail? Yeah, it's it's really quite straightforward. It it starts with the data. Well, it starts with a problem we're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. um, so we like to to avoid this notion of just gathering data, creating a warehouse, and then trying to figure out what you want to do with the data later. We actually would rather understand, um, you know, a pain point or an opportunity for improvement and, and really focus on that. And what data would we need to analyze to create either a solution or an optimization for those, those pain points? So that data analysis will try to identify availability of data and, and also keep it within a, a manageable scope such that we can really show a valuable uh, output using our software and using the client's data in you know, eight to 10 weeks. Okay, well, I, I think that's fantastic that you gave a time frame. I, I always love specifics when I hear them. Um, I wonder if we could go back to, it, it's such a good point that these things work best when there's an actual challenge in the business to solve instead of a, hey, we got this shiny new tool, please use it right. scenario. Exactly. Could you give us maybe a concrete example, and you don't have to name a client's name, of course, but like, what are the kind of challenges they're coming to you with and saying, we, we have this difficulty, can AI be the tool to help us crack it? Yeah, a very common example would be inconsistency in, in yield. Mm -hmm. So, so the, the, a potential client would be running uh, you know, numerous batches and they would see quite variability in, in the output of the batches, in the production of, of the product or the API. Um, and so what we would do is come in and, and get as much historical data as possible and see if we can identify you know, the critical process parameters or the, the key variables that are impacting the yield. Um, and once those are discovered, then we can basically 
um, create models that would then predict if one variable goes one way and another variable is going another way, that's going to indicate a good yield or, if, or the opposite could be true as well. So it's really kind of identifying that golden batch where the correlations between the variables is understood by the model and then allowing the model to process the data in real time to predict what's going to happen. I can appreciate, you know, a lot of pharmaceutical companies do have technically technical expertise in-house, but also there are companies of all shapes and sizes, there are companies that uh, you know, have different divisions, there are startups. How much technical expertise and, and uh, comfort level with data analytics do you need to get an AI up and running? Well, we, we certainly work with a lot of companies that don't have data science departments, don't have um, really any expertise other than knowledge of their process and knowledge of the data that's generated from their process. Um, so we can complement whatever they have with um, with our with our you know our, our client services group, um, and I think it's about really working together with the client to understand what they do have and understand what defines value for them, and then really focus on delivering that value. So I think we were saying at the you know beginning of the uh, the conversation, we're sort of at the start of AI, and I think some people are still very much thinking like I need this pilot to work, or how do I make the transition? But there is a long term future here, and I wonder because you guys are working with this space all day every day, where do you think this is going to go? Where is the industry going to be ten years from now with AI as a tool in its toolbox? Well, ten years—that's quite a horizon. I mean, ultimately, we believe that AI will power an adaptive plant, meaning the the the, the, the back end will be able to take in that data real time, understand the variability and correlations between the data, and instead of giving an operator a recommendation to increase temperature or add more, P, you know, create higher pH or, or what have you, whatever that critical process parameter is, that the software will actually instruct the machine on how to do that. So the, the, the process will be totally adaptive. Wow. So I can see that being a huge advantage in an industry that is struggling so much for, for talent and trying to get more productivity out of the same headcount. Um, let's talk a little bit about the people part of this. Like, how is it going to change people's day-to-day -day life? So I think in, in adaption to, adoption today, it's really about process knowledge. Mm. So it helps those people that are overseeing a process understand more about the process so that they can make a decision whether they want to change that process or alter it in any way. Um, so in that scenario, which is the most common scenario today, you're really not talking about real-time adaption or anything like that. You're really just talking about uh, having the, the, the you know, process better understood so changes can be made proactively instead of reactively to try to you know, optimize product production. Um, and, and that obviously helps the company with higher you know, outputs and, um, and pr you know, producing more, more product for their clients. Now, some companies are going to be in pilot today. Some are going to be saying, well, this is something we want to get into once we've seen some other uh, peers in our industry get a little further along. But I think everybody understands it's, it's coming. So what does getting ready to be uh, AI-enabled look like? What steps should you put in place? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and I think it's as simple as understanding the data you have, understanding where the most value you can get by, you know, is it, you, you know, improving quality? Is it improving yield? Is it even just um, creating consistency for forecasting? Um, so identifying where you think is the best place to start in terms of the problem you want to solve, and then identifying the data needed to solve that problem, and then you know jumping right in. And it's not, it's not a you know far jump. It's not you know it's 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 right there in front of you, and the tools are there. Um, and we have you know service folks that can help, and we have technology that is enabled and and is is really quite easy to deploy. Um, so. It's just, just a matter of getting started. 
I sometimes like to put myself in the position of a pharmaceutical executive who is aware, you know, this powerful new tool is becoming available to me and I probably have questions. Maybe we even start off with, is there going to be one right answer? Should I be looking for the one that fits me best or, or is it that I'm looking for a suite of tools? Can you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, you as a as a pharmaceutical executive, you want to you know leverage and exploit uh, as much as you can in a, in a horizontal context. So you know we've created a platform orientation towards the technology that we offer, and that platform allows for any single data source to be used multi-purpose across the manufacturing ecosystem. Um, and you know the good news is we're not the only people that can deploy it. We work with partners, systems integrators that can leverage the technology. And if you have a trusted uh, you know, technology service provider, you can use them and, and they can quickly become, you know, uh, fluent in our platform and be able to, you know, leverage their knowledge of your company um, and quickly create solutions. I think that's a terrific point to make because I think, again, one of the things that can be intimidating is you don't want to buy a tool and then it's shelfware, right? It's just a manual in your office that stares at you and says, you're not using me correctly. You want it to be able to play well with others. You want it to be able to uh, integrate with existing and legacy systems. Um, Azon does all that. Absolutely, and, and it's, and it's standards-based. So we really try, we put compliance at the core and then we apply um, you know, compliance with you know, standards like Alcoa Plus, ISO, 9001, 2701, and from an AI perspective, uh, the models that we bring into the platform are ONNX uh, comp compatible. Um, so we try to leverage the standards that are out there so that you are able to use partners and you are able to kind of technology proof or future proof the technology that we're offering. You know, we've covered a lot of ground in this conversation. Is there one or two key takeaways you want people to think about a little further? I mean, it's, it's really what we've been talking about that, you know, it's, you're not that far away from AI. You can start small and, and create value relatively quickly. Um, and then you can you know, leverage any investment um, you know, incrementally. So it's not a, a big, you don't have to take a big bang approach to AI. You can identify uh, critical uh, business challenges and solve those and then go on using the same data, the same process, the same you know, technology and solve more and more prob problems over time. It's kind of a land and expand capability, you know, at a solution level. For people who do have questions or want to learn more, what's the best way to get in touch? Well, certainly, you know, our website, azon.ai, is, is available. And um, I would love to also field any emails or questions, LinkedIn profile comments that people would have. I always love when people mention um, LinkedIn because, I mean, I'm enjoying this conversation with you, but I am not. The pharmaceutical manufacturer I like to sometimes imagine I am, I know there are people who listen to this and say, oh, you know, I would have asked this question or, you know, in my case, I want to learn more about that. So I encourage everyone to reach out to uh, Andy on LinkedIn and also check out uh, azon.ai. I've been to that website and it's a great resource to get started and learn a little bit more. Um, Andy, thank you so much for your time today. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Great talking to you. <laughs> Take care. You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Nix. Let's do it again soon.